Sometimes part of what stops us from becoming better and changing in Ramadan is thinking that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala just could not possibly forgive us. I mean, maybe we've done the most horrible things or we're just not the best Muslim. We don't really pray the way we should or behave the way we should. And we think, gosh, Allah just would never accept my dua or he would just never help me or think I'm worth anything. That's so not true. And we know that from many examples. And today I'm going to show you two ridiculously deep examples of two of the worst people on earth and how absolutely merciful Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was to them. So imagine how merciful he will be to us if we just reach out and trust him. Hello, assalamu alaikum. Thank you for joining us here at Mindful Muslim Speaks, the podcast where we are empowering women to grow and thrive. And in this Ramadan time, we are reminding ourselves of so many amazing things. And uh, in this episode, first of all, I always give a shout out in the beginning. And I wanted to give a shout out to, first of all, the winners of our fourth and final Ramadan giveaway that we've been doing in our Facebook group. So congratulations to those three women and thank you so much to the Muslim companies that participated the entire Ramadan. And in this week, um, it was particularly the Once Upon a Timber, Crescent Star Creations, and um, also uh, Zer Zebra Play. And so thank you so much, guys, because I love so much that there's so many great Muslim companies out there. And I love that there are so many women on that Facebook group just uh, just loving up each other. Like we had a specific challenge. The challenge was to make da'a for one another. And I did that because I really wanted us as women to, instead of like always competing and judging, why don't we say something nice for one another? And there were so many women that are just so raw and uncut in that um, group saying, hey, I'm struggling with this. What do you guys think about that? So like, what do you guys do when you come up against this challenge? And I love that. I love Love that the women were being just so dead honest about their experiences within Ramadan, pre-Ramadan, whatever. And so many women just came just like with so many beautiful suggestions and da'as for them. And so for that, we picked um, the three women that we thought were worthy of those gifts. And we, uh, yeah, we finished off our giveaway uh, today. So Jazakum Allahu Khairan to everyone who participated. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward you and accept all your deeds and fasting. Now, obviously, we're in the last 10 nights of Ramadan. If you haven't already caught it, go back to my uh, episode, the episode before this one, and check out how we can be spending the last 10 nights of Ramadan. I gave you some very particular advice that I feel um, we should really, really benefit from these 10 nights. And it doesn't matter if you're working, if you're menstruating, if you're a person who has kids, like crawling up your neck and you're stuck in the house. I gave suggestions for each of those categories. It doesn't really matter. We have something for everyone in that one. So go back and check that one out. So today we're going to talk about some of like my two favorite stories this Ramadan so far that I went back and reviewed. I talk about these a little bit with the students in my course. Everybody knows I have like Ramadan course. And I thought that these two things that I had highlighted within my course, I would pull out today and just bring into the podcast because I think it's something I really want everyone to hear. And um, it's because it really focused on and gives us a clear picture of the mercy, absolute beautiful undying mercy Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has for his creation regardless of those who just absolutely disappoint him and I think many women I talk to feel like they're just a huge disappointment to Allah and Allah will never forgive them and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will never love them 
that is just so not true. And it's one thing to tell that to people, no, he loves you, but it's another thing to kind of show that with some real stories that happen. And so like, uh, that, are, that are told to us by the prophet, peace be upon him, but also, um, in, in other narrations and subhanAllah, I wanted us to kind of get, um, two of those today that I thought were super beautiful. Um, one of them, the first one I'll say is, uh, regarding the story of Jibril and when the, the, the Fir'aun, Fir'aun, he was dying, he was drowning in the water. And I thought this one was really, really telling because if you don't know anything about Pharaoh, the Pharaoh of Egypt, Fir'aun, um, in, in the Quran, um, he was a man who wasn't just like a bad person. He was a person that like said he was God himself. Like we know as Muslims, the worst thing you could ever do is have shirk, which is, you know, praying to something other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So like what happens if you're somebody who's like, hey, I'm God himself, a'udhu like worship me. And he used to kill people who didn't worship him. And so subhanAllah, I don't know about you, but that's in the category of some of the worst people on earth, right? So subhanAllah, the reason I want to highlight this one is because, and, and actually this story comes from, um, a chain of stories that were uh, like in uh, some some lectures from some sheikh that are regarding um, the angel Jibril. And we don't often talk about the angel Jibril. I think it would be a really beautiful thing to talk about in another podcast. Um, but subhanAllah, um, in one of the particular, you know, narrations of this, it was explaining how Jibril, and, and he's the angel that he really loves Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I mentioned this before to the students in my course that like when you really love someone, you will just like do or die. You will just defend them defend their honor. And subhanAllah, I want you to think about somebody you love. And obviously I hope it's like halal love, but you know what I mean? Like if it's your husband, how much you really love him or your child, or your mother or your sister, like somebody you really love. If anybody ever tried to just harm them, you would just be like, no, that's not happening. You just step up. So subhanAllah, in this case, Jibreel, he just loved Allah so much. And he was so upset that uh, Fir'aun, he has just the audacity to try to pretend he can even be anything close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So in this um, explanation, just this little excerpt of the uh, the situation, I wanted to tell you that. So here we have Fir'aun, he's drowning in the water, right? After, you know, he's coming to his death and his demise. And the angel Jibreel, um, he was saying that he, he was taking dirt and he was stuffing it into the mouth of Fir'aun. And why would he do this? Because uh, Fir'aun still had the opportunity as he was in the middle of drowning to say, La ilaha illallah, Muhammad Rasulullah. He could have still kind of made shahada and he could have still been saved by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And uh, so the angel Jibril says, I was taking dirt and I was stuffing it in his mouth because I didn't want him to say la ilaha illallah. I didn't want Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive him. And the the irony of this is, is we're talking about somebody, like I said, who did something so horrible. And yet Jibril knows the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He knows that if that person had a chance to say la ilaha illallah and for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to hear him, Allah would have forgiven him and saved him. And so subhanAllah, this conversation happens between Jibreel and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And, and Allah says like, why were you shoving dirt in his mouth? You know, if I wanted him to say la ilaha illallah, um, la ilaha illallah, I would have like, I would have made it happen. Like you can't, you can't make that not happen, you know, subhanAllah. And the angel Jibreel is like, I just wanted, you know, him not to say it. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saying, and if he would have said that if he would have called out in forgiveness, I would have forgiven him. And so subhanAllah, 
I think we have to think in perspective of, gosh, that's the most horrible person. Like if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is just waiting, is just wanting, and you know, he would have, if he had forgiven him, I think that says something to us about the level of mercy that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has. And I think some of us, we, we don't realize it, but um, we put we put limits, a'udhu billah, limits, astaghfirullah, on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We say, oh, Allah would never this. Who are we to say that? We say, oh, Allah could never fix or change or no one could fix this. A'udhu billah. We are talking about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the one who created all of this world and the seven heavens. Like, are we really thinking he can't fix that problem between you and your spouse? We really think he can't, you know, change your dad's heart or, you know, fix your child if they're having a difficulty. Do we really, really believe that? We're putting these limits on the one who created all things, even ourselves. And so subhanAllah, I think we don't, we don't put that correlation that that's what we're doing, but that's what it is. And so I guess just a reminder here is that we might have a problem, let's instead make da'a to Allah, sincere da'a, and have hope, hope in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and how great Allah is and his undying mercy. And so that's the first kind of mini story I want to go into today. And the second one uh, that I wanted to highlight. Now, the other story I thought was interesting. This is actually about the last person who will enter Jannah. This is the worst Muslim on earth earth we are talking about because they have gone through um a nar and they have because uh, we know that that um that sometimes people have to be purified through hellfire before they can be entered into jannah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he only lets the the pure 100 pure enter jannah so subhanallah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala um allows this person to finally enter jannah so this mini story i'm going to tell you here is about literally the worst muslim on earth and how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will deal with them and exactly what he will give them. And so I think it's also something in perspective for um, mercy. So the Prophet, peace be upon him, he says that the last person to leave hellfire, and only Allahu Alam knows how long he spent there. And um, obviously we don't even know even how the people of Jannah, how long they've been in there. So maybe they've been there for thousands of years or millions of years already. Um, so this person is literally crawling out of Jahannam, out of Anar, hellfire, barely making it. He had so many sins. And mind you, I mean, this could have been absolute murderer, adulterer, genocide. You know, like we don't, we don't know, Allahu Alam, but he's one of the worst people. Now, after burning there for a very long time, he's just crawling out of Anar. And he's into this barren wasteland. And there's this barren wasteland between Anar, uh, hellfire, and Jannah, uh, because the health the hellfire is so hot that the the heat even coming off of it, it's just the area around it. Nothing can even grow. So I want you to imagine this barren wasteland. Now, because I'm from the U.S., I always imagine something like some weird place in Arizona where there's just like nothing, not even like anything can grow there. Um, subhanallah. But maybe you want to imagine this just empty, barren you know, place of, of, of like cracked earth where there's no water and nothing can grow and it's extremely harsh. So subhanAllah, um, this, this person, they crawl out of it and they're just so happy that they're in a barren wasteland right now because it is so much better, so much better than what they experienced. Now today I'm going to tell you something uh, hopeful and, um, 
and kind and nice. And, you know, in Islam, we're taught about this uh, hope and fear, this, this balance we're supposed to have. So mind you, I'm not going to go into the description of what this person or many other people who experience sins will have. So I don't want to create this false, um, like Allah, Allah, be hopeful to Allah. Allah will forgive everything like this. No, that's not what I'm saying, guys. At the end of the day, there is accountability. But for those who beg for forgiveness and for those who intend not to repeat their sins. Yes, there is this hope and mercy that I'm describing. Yes, there is. But it doesn't mean that like we can just pray like, oh, Allah will understand and I'm going to get this because, you know, this is what he gave the worst person. So probably I'm not that bad. So I'll get this. No, 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 no. I want to be super clear. Let's not get it twisted. We, we will definitely have severe punishment if we continue in the way that we're continuing after Ramadan, if we feel like we want to go back and like go back with that guy and date that guy, oh, no, 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 no. Allah is not going to accept that. we like, oh, you know what? I put on pause the fact that I go to those hookah spots or the fact that I'm, you know, lying or cheating or doing whatever. But like, you know, like after Ramadan's done and I'm done being all halal, I'll go back to my normal life and Allah will understand. No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, if you've done many bad things and you're begging Allah for forgiveness, Allah will be merciful. Allah is waiting, just wanting for us to do that. But let's not treat him like he doesn't know what's going on. Allah knows. He has a 360 view. He knows what's going on in our head, in our heart, at every moment. So let's not pretend like we can fool because that would just be um, treating him as if he's something less than he is. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to give Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala his, his haq, his, his true rights upon us in terms of thinking good and well of him. So subhanAllah, this guy, he's crawling out of a nar and it's like this barren wasteland. It's just crazy, but he's just so happy to be there because he's like, whoo, anything is better than what I just experienced down there. Now, this guy, he's he's um he's there and he's just happy. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is like, you know what? I want to test him. I want to see where he is in his beliefs. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he makes a tree grow not too far from him. So he could look up and he sees this tree. And, you know, even though he was a super bad person at this point, he has um, learned something. He has respect for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He asks Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Ya Allah, Please allow me, please, just once, just to go to this tree and to sit under its shade and to eat of its fruit and to drink of the water that is in irrigating the tree beneath it. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, okay, okay, go. So the guy, he goes up to the tree and he's eating it and he's just drinking the water and he's so happy and he's so grateful and it tastes so good after all this difficult time he had. But subhanAllah, Allah is not done. He wants to test him. He makes a tree a bigger tree, a nicer tree, a better tree, a little bit farther um, away, and he can see it in the distance. So the guy is eating and enjoying, and he looks up, and he says, oh, subhanAllah, and he just gets all lit up, and he gets excited, and he's just like, I gotta ask if I can go under that one, right? So subhanAllah, he raises his hand to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and he says, ya Allah, please, if I can go under the tree, you know, and, and eat of its fruit and drink of its water. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says to him, O son of Adam, right? Beni Adam, didn't you promise that you wouldn't ask for more? What will make you content? And he says, no, 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 I promise. I promise this is the last time. Just this one tree. And alhamdulillah, that's it. I won't ask for nothing else. Allah's like, okay, okay, go, go, go. And so subhanAllah, the guy's eating, he's drinking, he's happy. And what do you think Allah does? He puts another tree. He puts another tree far enough where he could still see it, bigger, better, 
more amazing and enticing. And the man looks to the tree and he cannot hold back. He has the audacity, the nerve to raise his hands to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and say, Ya Allah, please, please, please. I know I said I wouldn't, uh, you know, ask for anything else, but please, Ya Rabb, if I could just go under this tree and eat of its fruit and drink of its water and I won't ask for anything else. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, you know, like, oh, son of Adam, you say you won't ask, but you keep asking. You know, will you not stop asking? Will you stop asking for anything else? And the guy's like, no, Ya Rabb, you know, the same thing back and forth, back and forth. And he gives his pleading and his begging and Allah says, go, go, go. Allah lets him go. Subhanallah. So the guy is eating and drinking and enjoying. Now, subhanallah, as he's doing that, he can see a little something in the distance. Because what happens is Allah is making these trees grow and they're getting bigger and better and more beautiful because they're getting closer and closer to Jannah. And so in that land, that land is obviously fertile. And so it's just, um, they're becoming better and better. And the fruits he's eating are tasting more and more delicious. And it's everything that he wanted and more every time. So in the distance, he can see what? What do you think he sees? He sees the gates of of Jannah. He sees the wall and the gates of Jannah and it is just like, what? You know, like I want you just to imagine your whole life as a Muslim child, you go to Islamic school and everybody's telling you about Jannah and your parents are like, oh, be a good boy, inshallah, this and that, you'll go to Jannah. And all your life you're learning about this place and you're hoping for this place and longing for it. And then it's right there. Like you could see it with your eyes. So he is beyond excited. He cannot contain himself. And he knows he has asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for a lot, a lot more than he deserves. As one of the worst people on earth in this situation um, that, that was able to crawl out of, of, of a nar, of hell. And still, he cannot not ask at this point. So he raises his hands and he says, Ya Allah, Ya Allah, please, if I can just sit at the wall of Jannah, just like the foot of it. I'm, I'm not even going to ask to go in. I just want to sit there and touch it and just be close to it. Please, Ya Allah, if you allow me this, I will I will ask you for nothing more. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala again, Ya Bini Adam, Ya son of Adam. And you know, notice how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is so merciful to even listen to this guy. I mean, if we were having somebody to treat us the way that they treat us, completely defy us, don't care, promise us, break promises, would we even give them the time of day? I want us to just take note how merciful Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is to this man. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, I will, I will, uh, you know, is there nothing else you will, you will, you will keep asking me, you know, what is this? You know, and then the man's like, no, please, you know, and they're having the same conversation again. And finally, the man, you know, is allowed to go. And he gets by the walls. Imagine if yourself, you're sitting with your like back against the wall of, of, of Jannah or you're, you're brushing your shoulder along the gate and you're just so excited. This is like the moment you've wished to see this. You were just begging and hoping. Imagine he went through a nar, all the things he's seen there, and then he never imagined this moment would come. And everything's great. And he's feeling really, really happy and grateful, except there's one problem. He starts to hear something. What do you think he hears? Over the wall, over the gates, he hears voices. He hears some of the most, like, just giggling, happy, laughing voices just over and over and over, just the most, um, they're having the best time there, subhanAllah. 
and the man cannot contain himself. I mean, I, he's hearing so much pleasure and enjoyment that he is like, I need to know what is on the other side of that wall. SubhanAllah, right? So what do you think he does? Right? He has the nerve to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, please, please, can I, can I just go through the gate just to look, just to see what is it that I'm hearing? And Allah at this point is like, okay, that's it, right? He says, you know what? And the guy starts asking. And Allah almost like interrupts him. And he's like, oh, you want this? Okay. Subhanallah. Well, I will give you not just this. I will give you the equivalent of the earth and everything in it. And will that satisfy you? And then he says, well, what if I gave it to you and more? In other words, times two. The earth and everything in it times two. And what if I gave you all of that times three like and more? And what if I gave you all of that? Would you still ask for more? Times four. And what if I get, and he's going on and on and on. And the guy is almost like uh, embarrassed now at this point. He's putting, no, 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 alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he feels embarrassed because Allah is like, you know, like, Almost like this guy is so so greedy and, and he has nerve even to ask. Allah's, Allah Karim, he's saying to him and more and more and more until he gets to the point where he allows him, where he tells him that even in the lowest level of Jannah, the lowest level of Jannah, which this man obviously will be able to enter into, he will give them the earth and everything in it times 10. I don't know if we can really grasp the magnitude of that. Now, let's just look at the earth and everything in it times one, like just once, right? I want us to think of the, and I mean, I've recently been traveling through Southeast Asia and it's just, I can't even like, words can't express some of the most gorgeous things I've seen on earth um, there and in other places. And subhanAllah, you know, if you think about like beautiful, you know, lush, dark green hillsides of Malaysia or just, you know, beautiful, you know, the waters I've seen in Indonesia or in Thailand, just crystal clear, most gorgeous with fish and everything beautiful. Or maybe uh, my trip, I went to Ireland, the rolling hillsides of Ireland and just the green, the lush is beautiful, the cliffs, the hillsides, everything in the world, any part of the earth that can be just gorgeous and beautiful. And then I want you to think of all the most delicious foods and fruits. I mean, I know when I went across the, the globe and I'm backpacking with my family, which I often love to do, um, and I do it on a dime, by the way. I'm not like an expensive uh, backpacker, but I do make sure that, you know, we get to go out and see the world. It's important to me for my children to understand what is out there and Allah's creation and to to, to be, you know, be in awe of it. And subhanAllah, think of the most delicious foods on earth. And if you can have every single thing you wanted in this earth, regardless of what category we're talking about, whether it's food or clothes or, or just creation, I want you to understand that Allah is saying you get all of that, all of that times 10, the entire world and all the good and all the beauty within it. What would we do? Would we be able to even handle it? But that is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling this brother that he is going to get when he enters even into the lowest levels of Jannah. And so if you get nothing else from these stories, what I want to understand is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is just waiting and wanting for us to beg him for forgiveness. There is nothing more that he would want. And yes, we've made mistakes. And yes, we don't think we deserve his forgiveness, but we do. And Allah is just waiting. And there was a beautiful dua that Rasulullah he used to make. And it was, oh Allah, you are the pardoner. You love to pardon. So pardon me. So in these last 10 nights, repeat this over and over. Make dua. 
cry and ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive you. And by the end, if we have true sincerity, true ikhlas, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive us and we will have this great chance. And especially if we catch the night of Laylatul Qadr, we have a chance to have our sins forgiven. And this is something that our previous sins forgiven that is like almost like a, a fresh start in a sense. And we're going on into the next year, inshallah ta'ala, with a lighter heart with better chance for happiness. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy for all of us to catch this night, to gain the benefits, and to truly, truly understand and accept that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is so merciful. And His mercy is beyond our scope and of understanding. And that if we would just not put limits on Him, not put limits on what He could do for us in our life and how He could forgive us, then I think we would just be in a much better place. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy for you for your fasting and your ibadah. Try your best to stay up in these last nights to catch all that you can in worship and um, and reward. And I will talk to you in the next podcast. Assalamu alaikum, rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.